I'm Gab. He's Jules. Welcome back, Jules, by the Thank way. Thank uh, Blue skies over West yes. London. Not so much over Stamford Bridge, but definite blue skies over the red half of Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Not too soon either because they finally confirmed one of the worst-kept secrets in football <laughs> that Eric Ten Hag is the new manager. We'll be getting into that. We'll be getting into Real Madrid winning at Osasuna one step closer to the Liga title. That's right. We'll be getting into the fact that the... Coppa Italia semifinals have yielded a Juventus against Inter final. It's going to be I am right. hyped for that. And obviously, Liverpool and City both winning, uh, as you were, in the title race. But Jules, you wanted to start at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea losing at home to Arsenal 4-2. Yeah. Third defeat in a row at home, if you take, obviously, the Brentford one uh, and the Real Madrid one. First time in 28 years that that happens. Um, some mistakes that... I haven't seen a team like Chelsea make in a very long time. I mean, the Christensen one and Tuchel blaming the pitch. I mean, I was there. I arrived early when the stadium was empty. The pitch was perfect. I bet Tuchel was already there when you arrived. I arrived before him, actually. Oh, did you? I okay, but, but, but Tuchel said the Christensen one was not a mistake because he's because seen it happen before with the pitch. He said it happened okay. against Real Madrid, too. Why is Andrea Christensen even starting this game? The guy has signed for another club. No, no, but now we're talking seriously now. I like him. He's a really good player. He's a ball-playing centre-back. He's young. He's a good guy. He's intelligent. No problem. Why is he starting anymore? He's I, not I there. Think that's, I think that's he's not there. Mentally, he's not there. He's quit. When he signed for Barcelona, he quit. Why are you starting? No. What's wrong with Shaloba? Why is uh, Shaloba not playing? Shaloba will be there next season. Christensen will not be there next season. And Chalba might be on loan next season if uh, Tuchel doesn't like him. But yeah, I, I completely take your point. It's, it's a fair one. I think there's a lot to unpack. But let's try to be a little bit positive and uplifting, which is Arsenal get a yeah. big win. Now, here's my question to you. Because obviously Arsenal have been up and down and yeah. up and down. I mean, talk about Jekyll and Hyde, right? Uh, Lacazette gets COVID. The sky's going to fall in. They lose at the weekend. We get these reports about Arsenal are going to commission a massive internal root and branch review based on the Arsenal way. And, oh, here's an original idea. Let's involve former Arsenal players. <laughs> worked out great when they did it at United. But then all of a sudden, they win 4-2. The momentum is now with them. They're level with Spurs again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is going on? This is on? crazy. And when you think that... Chelsea won at Southampton 6-0, where Arsenal lost 1-0 last weekend, and Arsenal go to Chelsea and win 4-2. She's a to, crazy To be fair, season. Arsenal's defeat was down to the colossus that yeah. is Fraser Foster. True. You talk about Godzilla made a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean. that's true. But I thought Mikel Arteta, who I was, I was sat literally four rows behind, was his game plan was perfect. I mean, I thought it was early coaching. They made mistakes because the players can be better, of course, some of them yeah, in certain position. I, but I thought it was I, really good from them. And they were very efficient. They counter-attacked really well okay. and benefited I, from, the Chelsea, from the Chelsea mistakes, of course. I'm going to know, humbly is, disagree here. Disagree about what? In fact, that the game was exciting as a neutral, although I, I didn't go. Um, because I was home, I was watching Real Madrid and Liverpool, um, but I did have it up on one of my screens. What I saw was two teams who continually kept making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. they've been the long and doing silly things. Too many. And even the goal that Arsenal scores, right, with Shaka, like, oh look at Shaka, he's coming out of the back. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if Shaka loses that ball, and we've all seen Shaka play for many years. What we do is we go back to him and we go and he gets yeah. the kind of reaction he did when he got substituted, right? I don't see that as a sign of a team in health. I don't see that 
What, is it playing from the back, even taking risks like that? A left back yeah. coming into the middle to dribble the ball in that area. No, that, that's... No, that, that's a left back. He's not a left oh, back. Sorry. But, sorry, a left footer. Yeah, 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 you've yeah. been playing on the left, right? But you didn't play on the left tonight. But, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is a guy doing it in that area of the pitch from there no it's not good not, not when you're no, running but you're under pressure you want you don't want to hoof the ball up so you try to keep it you see you know Alonso's coming so not Maggie's a risk but then after that the rest or the guard to Saka Saka to the guard or the guard to Smith Rowe this is this is really really Jules I'm sorry good. realistically do you ever want a player to no, try not name Lionel Messi to try to not make an <laughs> no, opponent you no you don't at the edge of his own box no, of course so you I'm don't. asking you I'm asking you, why does Granit Xhaka, the former Arsenal captain, right? The guy who's supposed to and still Arsenal. I don't, I don't even know who's captain anymore. I don't want to know. Is it Lacazette? The man it is leaving? Lacazette. Oh, look. Right, fine. And then it's going to be Rab or whatever, right? Why does this guy, after his Players' Tribune thing and whatever, why does he do that? Why, in this game that's so crucial for your club, why would you do that? And look, it's easy to say when he screws up, and he screwed up many times doing stuff yeah. like this. But if I'm saying it after something worked out, why? It's just the pressure. He recovers the ball on the edge of the box. He's but this is pressure. what I'm saying. For me, this was a game that was marked by massive mistakes. It was. It was. From both teams. But without the ball, Arsenal were really good. They were well organized. They lost the ball. And Ketia on the first goal. Ben White on the second goal. So it was far from perfect. I, but I thought that without I, the ball, well, it was very impressive what Arteta put together in place. And Chelsea we're going to, hardly had any chances. All right, Jose, I, I want to get more granular here and I want to celebrate Arsenal because I think this is worth celebrating even if yeah, it's ups and downs right. every a time he's riding win. the ship right? it is a big win but you know we talk about fatigue and so on and, and you know you've often raised the idea of teams playing well and then sometimes we get backlash oh what does that mean blah 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 yeah. Yeah. and obviously teams playing badly can be entertaining yeah right? and you can win playing badly it, we're at the stage of the season and I don't know if it's fatigue or whatever but when I look at the big six Liverpool are playing well after a period where they got results without playing so well. City, I don't think, are firing on all cylinders at all, or at least putting on a 90-minute performance. Yeah. Um, Chelsea are certainly all over the shop. Yeah. Arsenal, all over the shop. Yeah. United, we don't even need to go there. Um, (laughs) Spurs, they were terrible at the weekend. They had some good runs. Yeah. Are we at a level where... Is it fatigue? Is it? And, and I'm wondering at what point does it? Or are, you, are are we just kind of pretentious snobs and we like to see teams playing well? And whereas most people just say, no, I just want to see a competitive game and mistakes are part of it. No, I think there's a bit of tiredness for sure. I do wonder, and I don't want to pick on Christensen because I've you know I said what I had to say earlier. But I, I think there's also a lot of players who either know already what they're going to do next season, and that doesn't involve the club where they are now. And I'm sorry, you don't. You you might love your current club if you know that you're not there next season. If you're going to leave, if you've already signed somewhere, if you know that the club doesn't want you there, you don't have the same approach. You don't have the same focus. You don't have the same attention to details. You don't have the same motivation, which is normal. I think it would be the same for everyone. You know, you you're leaving a job and you've got a three month notice. Don't tell me that in those three months you're going to work as hard as you did before when you were chasing promotion and this and that. Well, it's exactly the same for them. More importantly, or to make a better analogy, because I don't want to, like, it may be that Christensen is the greatest professional and he approaches it right fine, but even, right. you leave that to one side, okay. right? If, to make your analogy, if you've given your notice, if you're leaving in three months, if I'm your boss, exactly. I'm not going to give you a exactly. big project to do. I'm going to give it to somebody else, right? 
Because we're talking about Andreas Christensen here. We're not talking about Franz Beckenbauer, Franco Baresi, and Rio Ferdinand exactly. rolled into one. Exactly. There are other players at the club. There's younger players. It was nice to see Malangsar play. There's players who you know are going to be part of the future. And you're Chelsea. Yeah. You've got, you're going to finish third this season. The only thing, you've got one game left to play this year that matters if you're Chelsea. And that's the FA Cup final. Other than that, the season's over. So take this yeah. time. To assess what you have, to figure out, I've said this before about Lukaku, figure out whether you can do something with him or not, figure out what your stance is going to be, figure these things out. And Christensen, there's no reason, I think, for him, to be, for him to be on the because he's a bad guy, but because he's not part of it. Exactly. And I have to say, on Wednesday night, Tuchel, there was something that was not right. I thought his post-match comments about the pitch. I mean, the mistakes I understand, but even saying like, "How do you pick your players?" Up? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't need know. To sleep on it first. What happened with? How come you make? Uh, I gotta say something. Right? So late. I gotta say something. What about the, Pulisic? You know, like the, how do you pick your players up? It's one of those. <laughs> okay, I don't do flash interviews after games, but no, no, I can just say this is a question. Fan. You mean? Right? It's a stupid question. No, no, I know. It's a stupid question. Right? I know, I know, because there's no right answers anyway. What would you even say? Yeah, yeah, right? you know, I know. But the point is, you've got West Ham coming to Stamford Bridge on Sunday afternoon. It's another huge game. And they might not, they might not care because the Europa League for them is the, has to be the priority now. Right. Like the FA Cup is for Chelsea. I, I mean, don't think Chelsea are going to care either. Yeah. But I don't know. It, I, I was, he felt like, and I know my Tuchel so well. And especially when I'm at the stadium. And I, I don't know, it felt like there was something that wasn't there. And right. maybe, maybe you're right, maybe even he's already thinking about the FA Cup final and that's it. And maybe the race is just managing like this. Maybe it's private life, maybe it's a ownership. There's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things it. going on at the club right now. But it's not reflecting well um, on the team. No. Uh, I want to, before we move on to Arsenal, I just want to, is it a thing that fully fit Pulisic? It's another game that he doesn't get on the pitch? I didn't understand. I have to say, I didn't get it. I didn't get why Ziyech came on so late, but I didn't understand why Pulisic didn't have a chance. I mean, I know Werner plays with confidence, you see that. And I know the formation has slightly changed because Man clearly plays as a, as a central 10 now. And then Werner is the second striker with Havertz or Lukaku. Well, the idea here, the I'm assuming, is to try to recreate the Lautaro Lukaku with Werner Lukaku. Yeah, I think. See if it works. Yeah, I don't I have think a problem. That was the I think no, that's no, I good. Think you're right. In fact, I think it should have happened sooner because I think Havertz has been overplayed. Havertz wasn't good at the weekend. I but thought. they've been chasing the game all along on Wednesday night. They were behind all the time. 1 0 behind, 2 1 behind, then 3 2 behind. And yet, I don't know, I thought, I thought Tuchel took a very long time to, to address all of that. And I'm not even talking about Aspiliqueta's. I mean, it was clearly super tense. I don't know whether... I mean, he must have been disappointed by the defeat. The penalty, I think, wound him up. Although, think, to be fair about the penalty, I just want to I think Saka one. plays it well. Yeah. I, can we just, just... One thing, just... I mean, reiterate this whenever, right? The old trope about, you know, Latin players diving and being smart and the dark arts and whatever. It's exactly what Saka did, right? Hey, Saka bought the foul. Saka was hanging on to yeah, him as well. Was in a very clever way. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But, but this is the thing where 
very stereotypically, if you're Alejandro Moreno, for example, or yeah. if you're somebody uh, who admires that kind of thing, you say, Saka smart. He forced Aspilicueta to foul him and bought the penalty. He got on the wrong side of him, then he hangs on to him, aside, they hang on to each other, so Saka, so Aspilicueta can't release easily, whatever, and he's being clever. Yeah. But I don't want to these holier than thou thing, oh, it's dirty, it's only about foreigners. No, no. In the, in the modern game, young English footballers like Bukayo Saka, who are intelligent, say yeah. this is how the game is played, and they're not averse to doing it either. Yeah. Okay, so let's should that. never have been in that position in the first place anyway. He's just not like, he, he, And then for them, him to lose it with some Chelsea fans at the end, was, I think it shows the tension there. And you're right, it could be, it's a lot of things. It also shows, I know there's still uncertainty over Spiliqueta's contract and whether he's back next year or not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also shows to me that Aspilicueta is a guy who cares and who has professional pride. Because this game is irrelevant to Aspilicueta's career. It makes no difference whatsoever. True. But he cares. True. Arsenal. Yeah. So you were very impressed with the stuff off the ball and whatever. Off the ball. Perfect. Off the ball. I, I even think the back five and the back four, when we yeah. saw Arteta with the four fingers and the five fingers, I was, I was really impressed off the ball by what he had put in place and how he was just managing the whole team and structuring the whole team when they didn't have the ball, especially through the first half. Could it be, half. since we're talking off the ball? I think right? he's an elite coach, by the way. I've okay. said it before, i said it again. You can be the smartest coach in the world. You can give your players the best instructions. They have to interpret them and execute them and make the right decisions. Yeah. Mohamed Elneny is not a phenomenal footballer, but I think he's a very smart footballer. Yeah. And I think part of the reason this worked better than it has with Lokonga or better than with Thomas Partey, in some ways, in terms of tactical cohesion and movement, is because he was in there. Yeah, and he, he runs a lot, and he's, like you said, he's intelligent. And he makes the right Chaka. decisions. Yeah, and him and Chaka, he plays a little bit to sideways at times for my liking. There were times on Wednesday night where I saw like, come on, turn and go forward. But... From a tactical perspective, yeah, the guy. Exactly. Right. And I think that was part of the plan, again, of the ball especially. Okay. Tell me which goals did not involve a major mistake in this game. Because I think we need to talk a little bit about Mendy. Because... Actually, I heard the commentary. I was watching something else, and then I don't want to watch the replay of the goal. And people are going like, "Oh, Udegaard setting up Smith Rowe! Wow, phenomenal strike from Smith Rowe!" And then I watch it, and I don't know if Smith Rowe mishit it or whatever. It's behind him a bit. It's behind him, so yeah. maybe that's why, right? But the shot's going rolling at two miles an hour. It's not okay. I don't think Mendy sees the ball when he leaves his foot. So he knows the shot's coming, but does that explain why he moves like a collapsing? But he's not. He's not. I. That you don't think Mendy looks back at that and says, like, I should have gone to that? No, maybe, maybe. I, I, I would hope that Edward Mendy is higher. It's fine, people make mistakes. I would hope he's yeah, higher, yeah. higher standards than it's that. It's three heavy goals to consider. And I think Tuchel is right when he said we scored five tonight. You know, two for us and three for them out of the four because those mistakes. Is he counting the penalty in that too? But you know what? I saw N'Golo Conte after the game, and he was he was he was being N'Golo Conte, uh, which is which is always lovely, and and it's, you don't want to come and speak to French TV after a game like that, right? And I said to him, you know, it's three home defeats in a row like that, Brentford, Real Madrid, where you've made so many mistakes, it's crazy. And he said, you know, what? I don't know, I I can't even explain it. And I think I think if you had an explanation, say, okay, look, we did that movement. But to have no explanation, I think he's far more worrying after games like that than if you could point out, okay, this, we considered that. It's a bunch of individual errors. 
And I know, but like, there there must be a reason why those happen now, you know, and like because I think they're tired and deconcentrated, and they're not in the right frame of mind. Um, maybe the five points Arsenal clear. forced some of those errors, and credit to Arsenal, but the five points clear of Spurs and Arsenal, this should be enough. It's one hundred percent enough. It's but they still that's, have that's to be careful. Even, let's not even debate that. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. Famous last words. There you uh, go. Clip this. No, no, but I think you're <laughs> right. I'm just saying. You know, let's secure right. that top four thing. Final word on Lacazette. When's he getting a new contract? Are, are they really going to? It's, what, what kind of strategy They're going is to speak in the summer. I think they have to wait and see if they qualify for Champions League. But Europa they do. League, do you understand that? Europe Conference League. But he's he's talking to You understand that former Chelsea star Eddie Nketiah is also leaving as well. I mean, the game of and his they're going to have zero strikers. It was Eddie Ronaldo in that uh, game. <laughs> I know, but then the, the, no, I, I know. Arsenal understand this. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do. But you understand that they also have to they have to know where they're going to play in Europe, what the budget is, what kind of money was going to come in. If you play in the Champions League and if you play not in Europe, that changes that changes the dynamic, right? Right. You agree. But if I'm you call Darwin Nunez and say, hey, we want you, he said, okay. So is the issue that... No, but even for the guy you want to sign, if, you, if he asks you, okay, are we going to play in Champions League? Well, we don't know yet. Okay, call me back when you know. It's normal. Darwin Nunez is not going to say to Arsenal, I'm coming, if they don't play in Europe. Uh, Darwin Nunez, I would, I would think, would want to play at least Europa League football next season. Right? I, I'm intrigued by these Darwin Nunez uh, references. I, I, I think you leave I, yourself I think right in now. a situation where the summer comes around, you screw up your main signing because that sometimes happened, and then all of a sudden, it's July. And, it won't be July. And, 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 you've got, and you've got freaking Tomoyasu playing at center forward Balogun because there's nobody back. there. Balogun, Balogun comes Oh, back. yeah, there you go. Balogun. There's your answer. No, but you're right. But this is the problem of not knowing where you're going to finish at this time of you, the you don't leave yourself with zero strikers. Well, no, but they've 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 preparing now. Okay, but I, this is what I would do personally. I would prepare. Say, Laka, you love the game so much. You love this team so much. You love this club so much. Realistically, you're not going to Real Madrid. You're not going to Bayern. Just ain't gonna happen because nice guy, but you're still Alexander Lacazette. You can be important to this club either as a starter or as the first guy off the bench. Okay, yeah. and you're a leader and whatever else. Yeah, he's here's your contract. Two years, it'll probably be a pay cut because you were extraordinarily paid before, but you're going to get this much if we're in the Champions League. You're going to get this much if we're in the Europa League. Sign on the line that is dotted. Do you want to stay or not? And he says, well, let me see because I have all these offers coming in from around the world. Say, okay, fine. You wait on this offer. This contract will be here for X number of weeks. That's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. There, there aren't clubs beating about. I, I refuse to believe that Lacazette. I don't know Lacazette as well as you do, but he's not somebody who says like, "Oh, look, I'm waiting for that offer from Ali Tihad that's going to pay me <laughs> no, ten million, right?" That's he said, "That's not the kind no, no, of guy no, no, he is." That's true. That's true. So what? Why does he? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I really hope it's not the club saying, oh, "Do we really want Lacazette?" We will see in the summer. We will see if that approach that they have, which is a bit different than yours, works or doesn't. Edu, work. I'm watching. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Arsenal. Let's talk about Liverpool and Manchester United. Now, we were going to talk to you about Liverpool and Manchester United. We were. But, Jules, breaking news. Breaking news. The worst. Nobody could have seen this coming. What? Tell me. Eric Den Hag has been confirmed as the new manager of Manchester uh, United. Again, we all knew it was coming. Yeah. We're going to get into that in a second. Just firstly on the game. Liverpool win 4-0. They wiped the floor with Manchester United. Manchester United did a lot of... Just, just to illustrate where we are, Phil yeah. Jones starts, has to go to a back three. Um, he didn't have to go. And Phil Jones didn't have to start. Were you going to start Phil Jones in midfield? I guess you would have started McTominay in midfield. And you play, just you lost, play a back four like a in the way. second half without Phil Jones. And <laughs> that was crazy from Rangnick. He got it wrong okay. again. Can we show some love yeah. for Liverpool though? Because they, they were absolutely devastating. They were incredible. That front three, not just the front three, but the front three especially. Thiago Alcantara, one of his best games since arriving at the club. I know it's easy. Right. I would have a good game against Manchester United in midfield, trust me. But he was immense, really did. It really was. The two fullbacks, especially Robertson, incredible. I mean, the whole thing. We, we're going to talk about Ten Hag. First, I want to mention two things that happened in the course of the game which I think would be remiss of us not yeah, to yeah, not to mention. Yeah, you're right. One is obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, the mm-hmm. tragic death of, of, of his son. Uh, obviously he wasn't involved in the game in the seventh minute. Um, Anfield had a moment's applause and they sang You'll Never Walk Alone. Yeah. That was a very that was a very nice gesture. It was incredible. It, it felt like the rivalry between the two clubs, yeah. Um, the other one on the flip side, and we were right around the anniversary couple days after the anniversary of, yeah. uh, of Hillsborough, of course. Again, with these nonsense about, um, you know, the son was right, you killed your own fans, your murderers, whatever. Uh, I, I'm, I'm appalled. It's not a wind-up. It's old. I, I'm going to try to take, educate. If you really still don't know what happened in Hillsborough, go educate yourself. There's plenty of resources out there. I am encouraged by the fact that there was a, con- uh, a condemnation from Manchester United, yeah, as there was from Manchester do. City, because apparently it happened there too. I think yeah. wasn't as audible, perhaps, or maybe not as covered as much in terms of viral video. I think it's important that football clubs go and own it, and I agree with you, you know when their fans uh, go and do this. So well done, completely. United. There. On to Ericsson Hag. Yeah, I think I feel that like we've already spoken about him endlessly. Um, take a step back. We knew that United want to get somebody in. They got somebody in early. It's confirmed. Yeah. Now they can get to work. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's good luck, Eric, because I think you will need it big time. It's not often where you get to one of the biggest clubs in the world, which is United, with so much to do, so much to rebuild, so much to change, so much to implement as well. You know, usually you arrive in those clubs, you don't expect them to, to arrive, and it's, it's a ruin 
pretty much. But this is what this club is right now. So good luck to him. He will need time, as we've been saying from the beginning, and he has to be given that time. If, if Even if that means first season with no trophies, first season with no Champions League football, whatever it is that first season, he has to be given time. Financial backing, that makes sense. Rangnick said after the game on Tuesday, you know, they will sign 10 players. We will sign 10 players. United will sign 10 players. I don't know if it will be 10, but they need new, better, fresher players than what they have. And then, and then I think he's an elite coach. Again, we go back to stru structure of the team with the ball, off the ball, the patterns of play, everything they implement. But he needs a very receptive dressing room as well. He can't walk in a dressing room where players are not going to give him the respect or the authority that he deserves and that he needs to be able to bring this team back towards the top. Uh, I think you make some great points. I think, again, it's another sort of year zero situation. I think time is something that, frankly, every United manager other than David Moyes has had. And David Moyes kind of created a rod for his own back and in some ways saying he was a, the continuity manager. So I think the time box is, kick, is ticked. I think if Rangnick's words are to be taken at face value, and obviously he's not going to be involved, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that there's a lot of new players that will need to come in. Yeah. Um, the recruitment becomes critical. And yeah, this is where Murta and Fletcher really need to step, and step Hag, up. I fully expect him to be massively involved uh, and I he may, has to be. I may feel a little differently on that point, but uh, we will get to that. Uh, but also we should acknowledge two long-standing United scouts, Jim Lawler, who yeah. was Sir Alex Ferguson's scout. I, from what I'm told, he really hadn't been that involved over the last four, he'd been mm -hmm. kind of marginalized because he's older and whatever. Uh, and Marcel Boot going on, I think between them, they had more than 20 years at the club. They will need to be replaced as well. So, there's a lot of thinking, a lot of planning that goes in. Yeah. You've got the first piece in there, possibly. I find it weird talking about this because this is something that's been telegraphed for a long time. Yeah, we've been coming. There. Uh, so United States, it's a three-year deal um, plus an option for another deal, which I think is pretty for another year, which is pretty much standard. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before how important I think the recruitment's going to be. Yeah. And what were you not so keen when I said that Ten Hag has to be involved and will be involved? I generally don't. I'm not a fan of coaches being involved in recruitment. I mean, obviously, they need to but be involved. But there might be players that, like, like Chouameni, we wrote about it last week. Okay. So, he's someone that he's been watching a lot. One thing I'm pretty confident about, and the coaches that I've met, um, and I've written books with them, I've spoken to many over the years, is that they generally, they're so focused in season on their own team. That is where all their inputs are from. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the younger players who might be coming through, sometimes when they have to prepare for an opponent, they'll focus a little bit on their opponent, although Ajax tend to not adjust their game to the opposition that much. And so... When we say, oh, Eric Ten Hag loves Chouamini, I'm thinking, how much time does Eric Ten Hag devote to watching Monaco? It doesn't have to be him. Especially he, he since... the 10-minute clip. He has the time to watch a 10-minute clip that's made fine. by his assistant on Chouamini. That's fine. But I think what becomes more important then is... And also, Chouamini obviously not a target for Ajax at any, at any point, no, right? No, 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 no. So, I would assume that... Again, it might, maybe, maybe he's different. And... I know Wenger was a bit of a weirdo who'd stay up all night watching games from around the world. And there yeah, have yeah, been yeah. others that weren't like that. But from my experience, more important than his idea of what a player can do. Because we've seen, 
I think increasingly so. When there's a reason why coaches keep going back to players that they've worked with before, or players who, you know, their assistants have worked with, because ultimately, a lot of the time, that's not what they're geared to do is evaluate players who play in other teams, no, in other I, systems, I right? I, I hear it just, you. It's not the core skill set. What the skill set is, is to almost know what the manager wants, even if the manager can't fully articulate it. No, no, uh, I get you. It's almost what? like you buy somebody a present that they haven't told you they want, but that you know they're going to love, and it's exactly what they want. True. I think my point was more, he cannot have a Donny van der Beek incident and player. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't want Van der Beek. The club still signed Donny Van der Beek, and we saw what happened. This, this, you cannot start a a rebuilding job as big as this one, and bring players that your manager doesn't want. This is not this is not possible. This this should have never happened before anywhere, regardless who the manager was. But even less now. This is a critical time where. He might not be involved fully, like you said. I hear, you, I hear what you're saying. But I just don't think he should. I don't, I don't think that that's the best use of his skills. But no, because he's going to say, okay, I need a number eight. This is the profile that I want with these qualities. Right. So, you know, good in transition, strong, I don't know, whatever. And then they're going to bring a list of 10. And he goes, okay, I know him. I know him. I need to know more about him. I want him. I like him the yeah. most. And then they're going to make that happen, right? This is what's going to happen. It's how it should work, yes. Yeah. But you cannot, again, but, you cannot have a Donny van der Beek incident here. But again... You don't have the time. I would refer you back to something else about Eric Ten Hag. Eric Ten Hag, because of his profile and where he's worked, um, you know, he's 52 years old. He's really only had two jobs as a number one. I mean, he was at Bayern Munich uh, reserves, Reserve right? Team, yeah. Bayern Munich in the third division. Um, at Utrecht, I have no idea what kind of budget he was working with. But when he arrived at Ajax... You're arriving at a very strong club filled with very strong-minded people, yeah. right? From Van der Sar was there, Overmars was there. I'm sure, 1,000% sure, that when he arrived at Ajax, Van der Sar didn't go to him and say like, ah, Eric, okay, who do you want to sign? Give me a list of your targets and I'll get them for you. No, no, no. I'm sure that Van der Sar said, Eric, we have these players. Our scouts, our director of football, likes these guys. We're going to sign him. We're going to sign him. We're going to sign him. Nah, You're that's where I disagree with you. What, at the you start, sign, you signed Tadish without Ten Hag saying, yeah, Tadish would work in my system, in my formation. To, to be perfectly honest, I don't think Tadish, when he arrived, was a natural fit for Ten Hag's formation. I actually think, I actually think, especially a club like Ajax, you have to think beyond Ten Hag where he was now. Remember, when Ten Hag arrived at Ajax, he wasn't the Ten Hag he is now. So the club had to hedge their bets. What I'm, what I'm driving at is I think Eric Ten Hag has the experience of the adaptability of not being the big man in charge. And I think that is a strength. It's a strength that he can go and he can work with imperfect players, that he can work with you know, the team that he did so well with and then obviously everybody ended up leaving, right? Did you think Ajax said, oh, do you think Tanak said, oh, I really want like 31-year-old Lasse Schöne in my midfield because he makes everything tick? I don't think so. So he's actually somebody who, in some ways, even though he comes from a big club, has had to deal with the reality that most managers work with earlier in their career, most successful managers, which is they do not have an unlimited budget. They do not get to pick all the players that they want whenever they want. Yeah. Now, to some degree, you can now. do that. So it's a different scenario. Yeah. But I think that can bring with it a certain humility. I don't know the guy. I don't know how humble no, maybe, he is. Maybe, maybe. But I think if you're smart, you can play to that strength as well. Because but the difference, Gab, the difference now is that he's got such a strong identity of play 
that he needs the players to fit in. This is not about, oh, let's sign him because he's a big name or him because he's a world champion or him because of this. No, you sign him because he will fit rightly into what Ten Hag is going to do there. So it doesn't work if you sign Paul Pogba again or another Paul Pogba. And Ten Hag, I would want to believe, is going to say, no, 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 that's not what I want. I want Gravenberg because Gravenberg is perfect for what I want my left-sided number eight to do. Fullbacks, we saw with Masrawi, we saw with Daily Blind or whoever played on the left, but Masrawi, especially on the right, what a very, very particular profile he needs for his right back to be able, a bit like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Masrawi is a central midfielder playing right back. Yeah. So not Diogo Dalot, not one Bissaka, and if if someone at the club said, "Hey, okay, what about we sign Benjamin Pavard?" I would want to believe that Tenag said, "What? No, 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 no. This is not the guy I need no, here." But, you see what I mean? But, this is the difference here. Ajax, he had the players perfect for what he wanted to do. I, not I, here. Okay, I can't pretend to follow Ajax as closely as some people do, but my understanding is that even at Ajax over the years. Daily Blind at left back and Daily Blind at center back are two different things. Yeah. Daily Blind at left back is a left-footed Pavard, exactly. maybe a little bit cooler. Well, um, better on the ball, much better on the ball. And cooler yeah. than Pavard. But um, you go from that to Tagliafico, who's a completely different player, yeah. right? Uh, so I think there's been an evolution there as well. When, when, he played, when, when, when you had Edson Alvarez playing in front of the back four at Ajax, Whereas before you had Frankie de Jong, very, very different. Edson Alvarez doesn't have the passing, doesn't no. cover the ground. That he's much more of a defensive player. So even within that, when you talk about strong identity, he's shown a lot of pragmatic flexibility, I think, within that. And I think this is something that, if you're Ten Hag, you want to emphasize. And look, we're going to spend a long time speculating about transfers and so on. Yeah. But I think it's very obvious there is one starting point here which is the future of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Because this impacts everything. Because you can talk about strong identity and strong brand. His brand is puny compared to the Cristiano brand. And United are in a situation where Cristiano has another year in his contract. Yeah. He makes an enormous amount of money. I think it's easily, it's, it's nearly a third of United's wage uh, bill. And that is a very big wage bill. So you have two factors here. One is if Cristiano leaves, then you can have more flexibility to bring in more players or more yeah, expensive yeah. players. Because even though United have a lot of money, nobody's money is unlimited. If he stays, you're in a situation where you're not going to bench Cristiano. So you have to think think how you're going to use him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. And you can talk about strong Ajax identity. There is no Cristiano but Ronaldo this, in the Ajax identity. We agree that this point has already been sorted in the sense that when Ten Hag met with Richard Arnold, the Glazers, Merzo, Fletcher, whoever you want, this they, has been addressed and sorted out already. They know what's going to happen. 100%. When Mark Ogden and I did our United kind of keeper dump series, I said, first thing, new manager that we interviewed, we didn't know who the new manager was going to be. What is your plan for Cristiano? In case Cristiano wants to stay, you need to give me a plan for Cristiano. You need to give me a plan without Cristiano. You need to give me a plan of how you're going to break news to Cristiano, how you're going to handle him, what you know about him. Yeah, yeah. Because Cristiano Ronaldo, on this admittedly bad United team, is still Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. He's the only one scoring goals anyway. So, yeah, I don't, you know, like. um, those people who say, how could Cristiano Ronaldo ever be a problem? If you ever say this, you're a freaking idiot. Okay? But it's equally true. Cristiano Ronaldo means you have to make adjustments elsewhere. Yeah. 
I, I, right so you now, hope, if you're not saying you hope that they had that conversation they and that Eric Ten Hag came up with believable answers that he believes in and that he's excited to either make it work with Cristiano, maybe yeah. just for a year, or make it work without Cristiano. And, and, and the club backup, of course, because if he said, I don't want him here, he doesn't fit in what I want to do, I need a centre-forward who is involved in the build-up play, who then can you don't come press. Or you agree to get rid of Cristiano then, and, and but you say, can't get rid of Cristiano. Well, you can. You can. T you, you can say, listen, you know, we don't want you here next season, so you can stay, but you're not going to be the number one striker. Right. So if you do that, and he might say, okay, I want to go back to Sporting, give me my money. No, no, right. They're two different things, right? So if you're telling Cristiano, Cristiano, you're not in Ten Hag's plans. Do you want to find another club? And that's a very delicate thing. You even went through it all of last summer. Let's not yeah. forget, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of last summer, and in the uh, end, George Mendes had to travel around Europe saying, "Who wants Cristiano? Who wants Cristiano?" Yeah, exactly. You know, like like a door-to-door -door salesman. Yeah, yeah. Which, personally, I think is a bit humiliating, and so not something yeah, Cristiano I'm deserved at this stage of his career. I'm with you. Not entirely his fault either. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the big issues, and somebody smart at the club is going to have to figure out how to handle the situation. There's a million permutations. Tell you what, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quick Hits is sponsored by Football Manager 22. On sale now. All right, enough Ten Hag. How about some Quick Hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Real Madrid win away to Osasuna 3-1 and take one step closer to the Liga mm. title. But Jules, I can think of at least two big factors which made this game very different from other Real Madrid uh, victories. Hey, then I'm sure because, you know, I'm back on the show today and Karim Benzema missed two penalties, so I expect you uh, taking the mickey out of me. Which Don't worry, I did the Karim the, the Dream thing on Monday. I know, I saw, I saw. Thank you very much. Not so much Karim the Dream this time, taking the two penalties. Herrera the Dream. Herrera the Dream. Oh, the side on the point side. this way. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Really and good. the midfield. I mean, yeah. honestly, conservative Carlo, right? Camavinga, Valverde, but, Danny Ceballos, okay. Who played well? Midfield. Ceballos who played well. And Ceballos Camavinga stepped well. up. Yeah, you had to rest people. You had yeah. people suspended as well. You know, maybe a little scared at the beginning, but you got the win. That's most important considering the result behind you as well. So, well done, Carlo. And Real Madrid, Manchester City are were only second in second place in the Premier League for 24 hours as they beat Brighton on Wednesday night. Gab, this was not as straightforward maybe as the scoreline suggests. No, not at all. And I know we're all big Graham Potter fans. When he wants to go and make things difficult and yeah, nasty. Defend well. Defend well and defend in a smart way and so on. He's really good at it. I don't think City were terrible. It's just that they didn't score until the 55th minute. Yeah. Uh, and even then, there was a deflection. There was a deflection on, on the, the, the second goal as well, the, the Phil Foden goal. Yeah. A, a big deflection. Robert Sanchez is very angry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the third goal came in garbage time. I think this is something, though, where if I'm City, I don't look at this and be like, oh, I'm concerned it took you so long to break them down. No, I say, you were patient. You did the same things yeah. over and over again until they worked. Um, and I... I feel pretty good about City right now. I'm not saying they're going to win. No. But I feel pretty yeah. good. I think I we take more positives here. I agree with you. 
Paris Saint-Germain win it Angers, and we even get a Sergio Ramos sign. A Sergio Ramos goal. And a goal, yeah. Jules, given everything that has happened, will this inevitable title win feel a little less sweet? It will feel like it's good. It's the 10th one. Only Saint-Etienne have ever won 10, and they stopped at 10, by the way. So that means Saint-Etienne, of course, is a very long history, whereas Paris Saint-Germain was only uh -huh. founded in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I know. In, in? 1950. But they existed before. Paris Saint-Germain wasn't founded in 1950. In 1970. 19, yeah, nice try there. Trying to slip in the 1950s. I, I thought you might get confused that they're 50 years old, uh -uh. but, you know. Um, it's the title you're always happy when your team wins of course yeah, you look delighted but <laughs> this, you know he's been it's been a bad season let's be honest here it's the Lautaro Martinez show as in term Milan 3-0 to reach the Coppa Italia final uh, on Tuesday night but do Milan Gab have a right to be angry at that disallowed Ismail Benassa goal they have every right to be angry be. about it it was one of those things where Pierre Kalulu is there is he in the sideline is he uh, not in the sideline uh, no. it's, it's a big call though, though. It's, it's a, a huge, huge call. call it could have changed the way because the third goal came late whatever the, momen the momentum had slightly swung back yeah. to Milan at that point but ultimately let's just stop going on about micromanaging referees in the end Milan had their chances early. They did not play well. No. I thought this was one game where actually Inter outplayed them. Yeah, I agree. And when we as Milan, sometimes they've been the ones who've outplayed the opposition and not got the points. Shoes on the other foot this time. Um, I agree. And I think we had a deserved winner in Inter. Daily Mail reporting that Erling Haaland has reached an agreement in principle to join Manchester City. Yeah. Our pal Jan Agifjortov says, not so fast. <laughs> Jules, your thoughts? It's like the t it's like Ten Hag. The sooner it's announced, the better it is for City, for Dortmund, for sure Ireland. Surely, okay. surely, right. they're, they're the closest. It's the best offer. His dad played there. It, it makes sense of so many levels. Kylian will go to Real Madrid. They will be still happy. I mean, I know that in in build they say that City is a stepping stone before Real Madrid. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure right now. This makes sense. But hey, he can have a few years at City, and then if he wants to go to Real Madrid, he can. Okay. Uh, I'm still with the Fjortov. Well, uh, he's going to go to Real Madrid now. No, but I think when you're talking about agreement in principle, and we've seen this happen before, it is something where they talk and be like, hey, what kind of package would you, would you, what do you want? You know, 500,000 pounds a week, which, you know, is going to be about, what, 15 million euros a year net? which is about three times what he earns now, so it's a good chunk of change. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, we can do it. And then let's go and discuss a commission. And but they've already discussed that. I, what, what could change I don't that? think they would discuss the commission first. I genuinely no, 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 but I think they've discussed everything. Unless Mino changes or, or Alfie changes and goes, you know what, instead of 40 million, I want 80 million, which I don't think even Mino would do. I think nothing's done with Mino and with Holland until... The ink dries and the line <laughs> that I is dotted. This one will happen. By the way, second Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross reference of the show. <laughs> it would be Juventus taking on Inter in that Coppa Italia final uh, gab as they beat Fiorentina 2 0. Is it a bit of a redemption for Max Allegri after a difficult season, or is it only if they win the final? I mean, look, if you're one of those Juve fans, and there are many who say, oh, look, silverware, look, but we won this. Oh, yeah, look at us, yeah. silverware. Then yeah, if they go ahead and win it, sure. I mean, you make the same point. I mean, Pirlo won silverware too, won Sade, and then he like him. Sure. Uh, what you're judged on, what you've judged on, and I think what ultimately what Allegri judged himself on is how well did we play? They did not play particularly well, I think, in this game. The second goal came uh, came at the end. Um, Fiorentina had their chances too. 
it's a nervy time. They were coming off a bad, really bad performance yeah. at the weekend. Uh, but obviously, yeah, you got to win. You take it forward. Bernardeschi, by the way, scoring against Scored. his it's old club. can happen, yeah. Uh, funny, he starts scoring just as he's on his way out. <laughs> this was back on Monday, Jules, but Barcelona lost 1-0 at home to Cadiz. Now they're on the pitch again, away to Rasso Tirad in just a few hours as we record this. Yeah. Were it not for Luke de Jong, the, 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 your least favorite de Jong out of the two yeah. de Jongs yeah. there. The normal one. Um, if in his last-minute winner against Levante, it would already be four without a win in all competitions. The wheel's coming off a little bit for Xavi. Yeah, but again, I think, and we saw it with Arteta, for example, at times last season and this season, where I think that you arrive and at times things go well, you, you can have a dip. I think the players, I think the structure of the team is good. You've lost players like Pedri, who is injured. It's not the same when he's not there. If If, if you don't have the creativity from a Dembele, which really against Cadiz, that's the only thing I saw. I only saw Dembele. The rest of the team was nowhere near at the right level. Dembele on his own, trying to create, score. He was by far their best player, the only player almost on the pitch. This is not good enough, but I don't think this is Xavi's fault either. So it was always going to... I'm not saying it's Xavi's fault. No, no, but I'm just not so sure the structure of the team and all this depth is there when all of a sudden Pedri's not there, you run into trouble. But I think he was doing a lot of good things and now they have to dig deep and come back against Real Sociedad with the win. They will finish top four. I don't think there's an issue there. Yeah. I, I, I still blame this is not the, looking good. I still blame the Eintracht Frankfurt fans. But, but also, I think that was a huge, like, huge psychologically, you know, uh, issue there. Also, back on Monday, Gab, we saw Jose Mourinho's Roma get a point away to Napoli. Uh, and to be fair, they probably deserve more as well. Is Napoli title challenge over? I mean, how many points they dropped at home is crazy. No, I think I think Roma played really well in this game, and they I think did. Napoli really running out of gas. I think some of Spalletti's changes didn't necessarily help. They got too conservative uh, after taking the lead. You don't want to be doing that. Um, and things are clicking nicely for me. Yeah, doing well. Bayern have a load of contracts to sort out, Jules. Two out of three seem to be close to getting done. Yes, Manuel Neuer, the first one, and Thomas Müller as well until 2024. Um, which so basically, I, what, like one year one extension? One year extension, yeah. Uh, which I guess you take at that point, considering their age and considering their career. I think they're talking about maybe having a role after that at the club. But those are great. Those we knew would happen. The one about Lewandowski is the big one. Up in still, the air. Yeah, up in the air. Leipzig got through to the German Cup final, the Pokal. But he took a last-minute winner from the magical pixie Emil Forsberg to get it done against Union Berlin. And they went one goal down as well. Yeah, they were goal down. They got back. Penalty got back, back into it. Uh, nice to see from Forsberg. And our producer, Freddy, big Union fan. He's Sorry. very sad. Atletico Madrid are held at home by Granada. Nil, nil. Jules, that's one win in their last five. And that was only courtesy out of Carrasco in injury time last week. That was so bad. They may be second, but top four is no means of short. Yeah, I mean, we've said it before. This is no secret to anyone. This is not a good La Liga season. It's not. It's, I know Real Madrid are in the semi-final of the Champions League, so are Villarreal. They've been good moments. They've been good teams, but overall, this is not. This is not a good season. Atletico Madrid are not good, and they're second in La Liga. This is. I, I don't know what is that was worse than. The defeat at Mallorca, or, but this was so bad. It just They've lost Joao Felix uh, through injury for the rest of the season, which I think is even maybe worse news because without him, there's even less in that team going forward with the ball. Well, potentially, there too. is a lot. There's a lot of bodies. There's a lot of Yeah, but he's players, the only one that has been actually doing well. Exactly. They don't fit together and he's changing things. Like, I don't understand. Man. He needs to regain his mojo. Yeah, yeah. 
Sticking with Barcelona, Gerard Piquet and the Spanish chef and president Luis Rubiales are in the news, Gab, but for the wrong reason, really wrong reasons. Yeah, I'm going to try to explain this uh, quickly, but uh, as quick as I can. Uh, but as you know, the Spanish Super Cup is played in Saudi Arabia with a new format. Yeah. Um, it yields a lot of money for the for the Spanish FA who own the rights to the Spanish Super Cup, and the deal was negotiated by Gerard Piquet's marketing company, yeah. Cosmos, who Cosmos. acted as the intermediary. Now, Spanish FA was somehow hacked. Weirdly, they managed to hack Rubiales's WhatsApps as well. Yeah. Some there's a few few people who don't like Rubiales, and some people have already suggested who it is. Yeah. Uh, who might have hacked them uh, and leaked some of these contacts of the press. And it emerged, there's audio emerging of Jared Pique kind of yucking it up with Luis Rubiales on the phone, talking to him about the deal and how the commission's yeah. going to be and so on. The Saudis have come out and said, well, we didn't pay the commission to, um, sorry, they said we paid the commission to Pique's company, Cosmos. It wasn't the Spanish FA, so there's nothing wrong there. Yeah. It still just kind of feels weird that there's a current active player, Completely. Jared Pique, who is on the phone negotiating yeah. with the head of the FA. Yeah, yeah, completely wrong and weird. The fact that he also talked to Rubiales about FC Andorra, which is the team that he owns in the third division, that he wanted a, like a kind of an easy group for their league, that he also talked about VR and referee didn't check penalties for Barcelona and things like that. You know, I don't think a current player should have that kind of conversation with the head of the Spanish FF full stop as well. It's I, I'm torn by this because I really like Jared Pique. I, love I don't Pique. think a current player. Let me put it this way: we, Is it unfair and unethical for me to say that I don't think a current player should be on the phone with the head of the FA Definitely and talk not. about this stuff? But if it has to be one, let it be Pique. <laughs> no, that's still wrong. That's still wrong. Still wrong. Paris Saint Germain could have celebrated their Ligue 1 title last night, but they didn't. Yep. Because of Marseille and the San Paoli army. Yes, they did win against Nantes. Uh, 3-2, sorry, at the Velodrome. Uh, and PSG, only PSG would have been champion if they better the Marseille results. So they both won. So they will have to wait on Saturday at the Par de Prince. You know who was at the Velodrome? Who? Steven Gerrard. Ooh. Watching Bouba Camara, the uh, Marseille centre-back slash centre-midfielder. Very, very, very talented player who's out of contract in the summer. And I love that. I love that Stevie G went there. Hamburg are one of the game's great fallen giants, Gab. It's three straight seasons in the German second division for them. And it will probably be four. So I guess that makes their home defeat to Freiburg in the German Cup semi-final. The other one, all the more heartbreaking. Yeah, so two things to say about this. One of all, one, and at the risk of sounding a little bit like Derek Ray and all cheerleaders <laughs> for the Bundesliga, it's kind of cool that between Hamburg and Schalke, you've yeah, got yeah, I agree. probably two of the five best supported clubs in Germany, and yeah. they're both in the second division, and they can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, there's something incredibly wonderful and egalitarian there. about this. No, and I think it's just have to think about, we talk Super League, the massive clubs, and this and that, it's all about winning. And... They're still there, and the Hamburg fans made an absolute racket. They sold mm. out the stadium. I think it was the first time in three years, admittedly, but they do have a very big stadium, very nice stadium, And there too. was COVID. Uh, I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. and obviously COVID That's as well. Why, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah I kind crazy. of forgot about yeah. that. Um, I also love the narrative here that they're somehow the underdogs against Freiburg, who, you know, Christian strikes, like, whole mentality is the underdog mentality. <laughs> but, yeah, look, they're a lot worse. Freiburg are not a bad side, and they got their rear end handed to them 3-1. So Freiburg go through. So yeah. it's kind of a Freiburg fairy tale. It would have been a great story for Hamburg to, to do true. something that's for their fans. True. Yeah, but, that's true. You know. 
Fulham have been promoted well done. to the Premier League. Jules, I don't follow the championship at all. So tell me, are they any good? And they does Alexander good. Mitrovic still play for them? He still plays for them. He scored 40 goals in 40 games. It's more than Benzema. Yeah, it's more, more than Benzema. <laughs> in the second division, admittedly, uh, will he keep scoring next season in the Premier League? This is the, the question. Well, he's played in the Premier League before. He's yeah, and not didn't really score. As good in the exactly. League. But yeah, they've been really good going forward. Marcus Silva has done a really good job there. Fabio Carvalho has been fantastic before going to Liverpool. And by the way, I would. I would loan him back to Fulham for that first season. Remember what happened with Cessignon when he left? Uh, I wouldn't want Fabio Carvalho to go through the same thing. I don't know, maybe he's ready already for Liverpool and the Premier League and okay, great. But if not, why about loaning him back to Fulham, have the experience of the Premier League with Fulham and then he would have plenty of time to go to Liverpool. But well done to them. Can I ask a Marco Silva question? Yeah. If Marco Silva had been appointed manager of Manchester United on July 1st. <laughs> oh my God. Would they be in the... Give me the percentage chance that they'd be I in the top know. four right What's now. I don't know. What's that question about? No, I just think he's a really good manager. He is. He's a guy who's made some mistakes. He has. I just think he's a phenomenal... He's a very, very gifted guy. He is. Let's see what he does. But yeah, may, I don't know. Maybe United would be in a better, better position. I'm, I cannot believe this. Oliver Skip has signed a new five-year deal at Tottenham. And for the first time in his life, he's in the quick hits of the Gavin <laughs> Jules show. Gav... So much for those who claim Conte doesn't reward home so, ground youth. Why? There's a reason this goes okay, in here. There's, there's all these Tell reports me. that Conte had face-to-face meetings with Paratici and Levy, which, you know, those so meetings where Conte goes and says, like, I need to I, sign him, I need this, I need that, blah, blah, blah. I'm a winner. How much do you want to win? Blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, that's great. There's rules <laughs> homegrown players here. Um, we need a minimum of homegrown players in the squad, oh. Antonio. And then he's like, okay, fine. Well, Skip is less bad than the other ones. Give him a minute. No, I'm kidding. Oliver Skip, I think he's done okay. I think Conte actually likes him. Yeah, you know, I think he likes him. Not as a starter necessarily, but, you know, he's got no issue with him. And, and well done. It's nice. To I see can't believe this question. Let's move on. This question. Monaco's victory means the race for third in Ligue 1 is heating up. Jules, tell me more. It's crazy, Gab. We do have uh, behind PSG and Marseille. Marseille have a six-point gap then to third place where we have uh, five teams in three points, basically. Rennes, Strasbourg, Monaco, Nice and Lens. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, Monaco have won five in a row now. Basically, L'Equipe, just quickly, five games ago, L'Equipe wrote this big piece saying, Ribot of left, the owner, is unhappy, he's going to sack everyone. The coach, Philippe Clement, the sporting director, Paul Mitchell, the president, Oleg, Pet- Oleg Petrov. And since then, they've won every single game. They've played great. Ben Yedda is great. Chouameni is great. Fofana is great. Van der Sen is great. All of that. Uh, and now, if you're Lekip, you're like, uh, 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 right, you know, let's hope they lose a little bit. Or you can just take credit for it. I think Philippe Clement has done a good job. And, and, and now you mm-hmm. see the rewards of his training. They're fitter. They're so good. They're vertical. They're really w- fun to watch. And by the way, for those who were probably wondering about this, why is it such a big deal to finish third in, uh, in Ligue 1? It's because that is the last available spot for the for Premier League. Because right now, for the Champions League. Yeah, we only right now three. they only have three Which spots. isn't fair. We should have four, like yeah, everybody. Maybe even 2024 five. with this Maybe model. even five. Yeah, okay. A last dish with Charlison goal enables Everton to get a point at home to Leicester City. Gab, is this the point that keeps them up? I don't think so because they're no? playing Liverpool next yeah. and Chelsea next. Although, yeah. it's funny because since Chelsea are Jekyll and Hyde and up and down, maybe Chelsea will be really good at West Ham and then really bad against uh, Everton after that but Maybe. no I, I think they're staring right it's a four point lead over Burnley um, I think they're home and hosed I'm not so sure um, 
No? I Maybe think you're he's not, you're gonna not be tense. He's gonna be tense. Right. He's gonna be tense. We'll see. Didier Drogba could be the next president of the Cote d'Ivoire FA. Jules, this is a big deal. Do you like it this thing of deal. legendary former strikers? Him, Samuel Eto'o, maybe getting involved in politics? Because you know too well that some of those FAs have been run like not in the right way before. Uh, and Drogba, as a former player, international player for Ivory Coast, I think has witnessed it enough. Uh, and he wants to change things and he wants big changes. I think this is the election is next week. Uh, it's, it's a big election. We saw it with Samuel Eto'o, with Cameroon, who's been elected as the Cameroon head of uh, head of the FA, but that was not easy, the campaign and all of that. So I don't think it's a done deal for Drogba, but it should be, because I, I think he's got a great idea and, and you need someone like him. And I'm not talking about, you know, corruption before, things like this, but I think you need someone like him who's been there before, who has great ideas, great charisma, who knows so many people in the game. To, 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 to strengthen even more your FA, the football in your country. I, I saw Drogba when I was in uh, Doha for the, for the World Cup draw, and you're right about the charisma thing. I mean, he kind of walks ah, in the room he's amazing. and like, everybody lights up. He's amazing. Colombia have sacked Ronaldo Rueda after failing to qualify for the World Cup. I guess it was inevitable game? Yeah, it was a second stint and so on. Like South American qualifying is tough, but they're better than some of the teams where, you know, either whether it's Peru or whatever going by yeah. the playoffs, they, it's, they, they simply are. They should have done better. Big time. And, you know, these things have consequences. Yeah. Okay, so, how about, should we talk Chelsea's ownership yeah, group? Yeah, it's been a, a long time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we've heard from uh, the, the Steven Pagliuca group. We did. The Celtics guy. We have, so, they've got, for their star power, they yeah. have Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Former, uh, Willow Bay. Yeah. Eduardo Savrin, a yeah. Facebook guy. And uh, so, what do Lord Sebastian Grow and Martin Broughton, with Josh Harris Sir, and David Blitzer Sir, from the background? Yeah. Is Sir Martin Broughton to say, hold my beer. Yeah. I'll see your Iger and your Willow Bay, and I will raise <laughs> you a Tom Hamilton and a Serena Williams. A uh, Lewis Hamilton, even. Oh, he's our colleague. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Sir Martin Broughton said, hey, you know, if you don't have enough of one night, I'm going to bring you another night. Uh, and Sir Lewis Hamilton is there, apparently ready to commit £20 million to, uh, to be part of the, of the bid. Serena Williams as well, who obviously is married to uh, a very um, big investor. And, and, and I think maybe she also have the fiber of investment. I believe she probably is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is interesting. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't been asked to be part of any bids. Is that is that because I you refused? Signed an NDA. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to see uh, who's giving me the better deal. Yeah. Um, okay. Fine. I'm, I'm waiting for Todd Bowley to see if he can better Pags' <laughs> offer. But yeah, I, I I have been. It has been talked about. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Gab, potential major development in the Super League case. Yeah. So okay. As you know, all right. As you know, Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona yeah. have taken this legal action with the European Court of Justice. They're saying UEFA um, is uh, uh, they're abusing their monopolist position because they're the regulator for football yeah. and they're also competition organizer. If and when this decision ever comes, it's going to be a big deal. But in the meantime, if you recall, UEFA had tried to punish Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona uh, for their part. And a judge in Madrid had ruled, no, no, no. Until this court is heard by the, this case is heard by the European Court of Justice, until we have a verdict, you cannot punish them. Yeah. Now another judge in Madrid has come <laughs> oh, out and oh, said, uh-uh, UEFA, if you want to punish these guys, go right ahead. It's got nothing to do with 
the separate court case. Okay. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's in UEFA's interest to go out and, and punish them Definitely now not. or change anything. Um, but I think it is it is important because now they know that the option is there. Yeah. And in the court of public opinion, I think it's going to move a thing or two. Jules, I have no idea if this is a late April Fool's Day story, uh, some major marketing hoax, uh, or if it's real, but it was on Boca Juniors' official Twitter account. And by the way, hermanos del Boca, please let me know. Reach out to us. Invite us over. I'd love, Jules, you've never been to La Bombonera, no, right? No, I would love okay, to. We'd love to go. My, we'll my do the show list. from there. Whatever yeah. you want. Just please tell us if this is true. Or if it's not true, we'll keep the lie going. Okay, but here's the story, right? So as you know, the Bombonera Stadium, one of the most iconic, yeah. perhaps the most iconic stadium in world football, it's built in such a way, um, at the end of La Boca, where... The acoustics, the, the sound, the fans make so much noise that yeah. the stadium shakes and the pitch shakes. So <laughs> according to the club, they've said, all right, but we train at our, our training ground uh, in, in Ezeiza. Um, I think it's, it's on the way to the airport. Uh, and the pitches there obviously don't shake because there's no fans and it's not La Bombonera. So how can we get the players to adjust to this? So in the You're video, they showed these nice. massive machines which seem nice. to pound the earth and kind of create in sort of a mini earthquake and the players this train on that. Me up. This no, this is is, go check this out. It's on but, Boca Jr.'s official Twitter account. So what, the, the ball just, so it bubbles a bit and when you run, you're like, this, yeah, this is not true. I can't, Boca Jr.'s, please, come on. Yeah, We've got there, so much. There's one way to find out, I think. I think, and this is an appeal to our bosses at ESPN, I think you need to send us to Buenos Aires, to Azeza, on an investigative mission. I mean, what happened I if, want to see those machines. What happened, what happened if the stadium had been really windy? What, they would have put, like, turbine at the training ground to get used to playing with the wind or something? There's an idea, yes, modern football. Seriously. You're Jules, winding me up. Jules, you and I need to go and have a kick about it at Boca Juniors training ground. Gab, I know, of course, and all the uh, the viewers and the listeners, how much you love lawyers. You've You've said that enough and apparently some from uh, Warner Brothers didn't like the way Palmer unveiled Gigi Buffon last summer when he signed for the club that's right they made their hype video and they decided to bill it as Superman Returns and yeah. you know they showed the Superman logo which of course is the intellectual property of Warner Brothers and uh, Warner Brothers says uh-uh you gotta pay us a rights fee and we found out from their accounts they had to pay 15,000 euros one for, five. for the little one five yeah for, for use of the little Superman logo. and That's whatever. a lot of money for Warner Brothers. This is Yeah, fortunately, I don't think it's a lot of money for, for Kyle Krause, who's uh, the karma owner and a uh, friend of the show. But still, um, to lawyers, always watching. <laughs> you know my thoughts on that. Right, that, Jules, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back on, uh, on Monday because there's so much going so on much. this weekend. Uh, until then, as ever, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 